Good afternoon, good morning, whatever you want to call it, and welcome to Captain Cambino's Cabana, live, Saturday, October 28th, 2023. I had to kick it off there with a little bit of Ghostbusters. Uh, it's Halloween weekend, or a few days before Halloween, whatever, so have a little spooky theme going on here today, this morning, whatever. I just woke up, so it's morning. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening. Welcome back. This is the fourth edition of season two. And um, I'll be honest with you, I'm tired. I am dog tired. I've been working my ass off and I just, um, you know, I was going to try to do this last night, but you know what? Um, just, just went to bed. You know, it's just one of those things. Like it's part of getting older, I guess. You know, it's just, you're tired. It's like the Beatles song. I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's just. I'm just, I'm just tired, so I um, haven't slept well lately since I got back from my trip, so I've been trying to, you know, get reacclimated to things, but, um, you know, it'll, it'll happen, everything's cool, but yeah, so beautiful Saturday here, um, end of October, can't believe it's already um, coming up November, um, watching a little college football here, and just chilling, so that's what it's all about, the cabana, just chilling, having a good time, pulling up a high noon, have a cold one. Shout out to Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports, and High Noon. Good stuff. Trust me. Um, but speaking of that, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Silvana Mojica, I guess that's how you say it. Forgive me, Silvana, if I don't say that correctly. But uh, she uh, is absolutely stunning. And she, um, I don't know how long. I think they've been dating a couple years or whatever. I'm not sure. But um, totally opposite people obviously I mean, he, he's doing his pizza reviews and his sports all this anything going on patriots um any, anything that he can do to stay busy i mean I, and again he's I, I admire the hell out of the guy and i hope to meet him one day but uh, his girlfriend totally opposite i mean just modeling and beauty products whatever i mean she's and she's stunning absolutely spectacular and she posted a picture the other day on instagram and she was just Oh my God, just out, outstandingly. I mean, just beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> Marvelously outstanding. <laughs> Caddyshack. But um, there was, um, she's just gorgeous. And I was just like, man, she is beautiful. And I just, I, I put sensuous Silvana. And she, she commented and did like the heart hands, whatever that crap is. You know, and I was just like, okay, cool. She, at least, at least she commented. thought that was cool. You don't have to say anything emojis now i guess substitute for that so <laughs> but yeah i thought that was pretty cool so uh uh dave portnoy's girlfriend commented on my comment on instagram so um claim to fame right <laughs> that's what we're all looking for these days huh some type of claim to fame but uh thank you Silvana. that was pretty cool and you are one beautiful woman so uh, keep up the good work um but yeah so just just been busy you know and it's like i said some days i wish i could do this every day but you know i'm not pat mcafee and i'm not you know um somebody that's famous so just i gotta do what i gotta do so i'm just a just a simple white dude trying to make it in the universe so um think about becoming a bounty hunter i don't know but just kidding i don't know where i was going with that but anyway so here we are uh I'm a little loopy because i'm tired so <laughs> But whatever, bring it on. Let's wing it. Let's have some fun here at the Cabana. It's entertainment therapy. So, uh, and just remember, port side is right, starboard's left. So, we're moving forward here. Still not a real captain. Uh, I was thinking yesterday, so October 27th, Friday, 
uh, that was the anniversary. It's the 28th anniversary of um, when I was in high school, uh, North Delta, we beat Magnolia Heights. It was our rival. And uh, so that was 1995. It was a home game. It was the last game of the year. We had a chance to break even, go 500. No playoffs, but uh, playoffs? Are you kidding me? Um, we um, had the opportunity to finish 5-5, five and five and, you know, this is the year after they won the state, state championship, so we didn't have the depth that season. But um, we did. We played Magnolia Heights and Batesville. We beat them 27 nothing. Um, we had a missed extra point because yours truly, the captain, had a bad snap. And the extra extra point attempt never happened. So uh, we could have won 28 nothing, But because of me, it was a bad snap, so we won 27 nothing. Yep, so I, I had so that was a rookie season, so I had a lot of mistakes that year and with um, long snapping duties, but I got better the next year and uh, you know it um, it was it was a good experience. I miss it, you know, but um, I'll never forget when I um, I remember I remember not thinking because uh, story of my life, right? I remember um, there was a, a that when that when that play happened, I remember when I snapped it so low, I didn't mean to, I was just, you know, you're, cause you're, you're, you're thinking too much, you know? And that's the thing that's, you know, like I said, I have, I struggle with that. And I was like, just make it a good snap, just make it a good snap. And I just, sure enough, I made it too low. And I remember quarterback Michael Murray running and he trying to make a play. And here I am, have my hands up, like, throw it to me, throw it to me. I'm the one that fucked it up. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, no, you can't catch it, dumbass. Cause you're a lineman. So, <laughs> It's just like, maybe it'll get tipped in the air, then I can catch it. But I remember doing that, and it's on video. It's so funny. It's like, hey, here I am, right here. <laughs> it's like the chef from the Muppets. <laughs> it's true. I did. I held my hands up like a freaking moron. It was so funny. I'm surprised nobody caught that. And they're like, Cameron, what the hell were you doing? I was like, I don't know. I was just leaving. Hello, here, I'm right here. <laughs> How's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, man, it was funny. So you had to have been there. But uh, that same game, I remember uh, somebody from work this week, we were talking about how you talk to yourself. And you kind of get upset with yourself and like, oh, man, I made a mistake. You know, what was I thinking? Got to do better. You know, it's like, come on, man, you know better than that. So that happened the same game. It was um, we punted. And I remember running downfield to try to make a tackle. And I'm the first one down there because I'm just I'm the slap snapper. It's a lot faster back then. But um, and I didn't I didn't break I didn't break down. You know, I just I got so keyed up and I just kept running and um, I just I, I waited too long and I just ran right past him and I had a chance to tackle him and I remember getting chewed out on the sideline and he was like, You're supposed to break down. What the hell? We we coach you this and I was like, Yes sir, yes sir, sorry, you know And I remember just not just running right past him and just, you know, rookie mistake and and I remember on the sideline, on the tape, you can actually see me talking to myself. I'm throwing my hands up in the air, pointing this and that, left and right, shaking my head, and <laughs> I was talking to myself. I'll never, I mean, I remember it clear as day, and it was just, you know, just a bad, just a dumb mistake. But, I mean, like I said, we won 27 nothing. but, you know, it's like Nick Saban. You always see Coach Saban on the sidelines always, you know, getting after his players and ripping them a new one because it's all about – your, you know, mentality and execution. And, you know, even if you win 50 to nothing, 
you know, he's going to call you out on all the mistakes you made because he he wants it perfect, and that's how that's what coaching is. It's not you taking that to life. What's on the field, you carry it over to life, and it it's how you going to how you're going to turn out as a person and your your decision making, things like that. So, I thought, I mean, it's the truth because I, I remember, I mean, I got better from there. I, junior year was my best year. I was uh you know, that just carried over and I did. I worked out and worked hard and I had a better year. And but it's stuff like that. That's what that's how it that's how it all starts. So anyway, uh that was, you know, memories, huh? But again, you had to have been there. But yeah, I talked to myself a lot and uh try to get better and I'm sure a lot of us do it. So but yeah, that was the anniversary, uh October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. I remember my mom couldn't be there. My dad was there, um, but my mom um, had a late flight with her with her job, and then she got sick or something, so she couldn't be there. But so that was that's, I remember. I remember that you know that was not all my family could be there, but it was it was a great weekend. We we finished five and five for the season, and you know had momentum going into next year. And I think we could have we could have done some damage. Maybe not. Maybe we lost first round or something. I don't know. We could have. I think we could have made if we'd have made the playoffs. I think we could have maybe made it, made some noise, but I don't think we would have advanced past the second round. We just we weren't we had not enough depth. But um, Fayette Academy ended up going to the state championship that year, so they were they were stacked. But um, anyway, so uh, that same weekend, I remember uh, our high school football season was over, and I remember that same weekend was the Dolphins and Bills. And it was in Miami. And Marino, Dan Marino was just coming back from a, um, an injury. I think he had a hip problem that year, uh, mid, little early mid-season, early October, excuse me. And so he was coming back from that hip, hip injury. And we had Buffalo, so we were 4-3. Uh, and three. Dolphins were started out 4-0. and oh, And they lost three in a row, and Marino went down. Even with Bernie Kosar, you figure they would have, you know, still – they were in every game except for – just couldn't get it together. Kozar just, you know, he, he wasn't Dan Marino, but, I mean, I still – I love Bernie Kozar, but it just it didn't click. So they lost three in a row. So they come back home, and we got Buffalo. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's like, you know what, we've got to get this one. It's a beautiful day, South Florida. I'll never forget it, watching it live. And um, they um, – Dolphins won 23-6, and that was uh, – they beat Buffalo, Jim Kelly. That was the, the – a rare win in Miami because they always struggled against Buffalo in the '90s, and but that was um, that was that was a good game. I remember watching that, so it was kind of like a just a fitting into a great weekend uh, when you're when you're high school. You know, you, just stuff like that sits with you. I mean, it's, and you know, yeah, it'd been nice to have like a girlfriend at the time, but you know, I didn't. I wasn't that guy. I was always the you know, just didn't have a girlfriend. You know, I, I always went for the the wrong women. So we'll. That's the year I made a move with Leslie Laverne. I shot my shot. Didn't happen. So, whatever. Moved on. But um, that's life. You just you just live and learn. But it was a great weekend. You know, a lot of great, you know, football. Just I missed the 90s, man. Those were some good, good times. Coach Sula, that was his last season, uh, 1995. Rest in peace. Uh, excuse me. And uh, speaking of that, I, um, I recently watched the um, – I signed up for ESPN Plus just for a month. Not a fan of ESPN, you know, just the just the way they are, you know, and uh, how they 
just how they portray th- certain things here and there, you know, just it's not the same. So, and first of all, I'm going to stop for a second and forgive me. And again, I'm because like I said, I'm, I'm tired and just it had it's been a weird week. But um, the captain wants to say thank you to all of our thank God for this opportunity. Thank you to all of our first responders, uh, all of our troops overseas, servicemen and women. Thank you for all you do, keeping us safe and. Be, be safe coming home. Hope you get to see your family soon. We love you. We support you. Thank you all of our first responders, firefighters, policemen, police officers, men, men and women, uh, firefighters, Coast Guard, EMTs, all of you. Thank you all for all you do and be safe and keep up the great work. You, um, It's going to get better. Better days are coming. So hang in there and never give up. And thank God for this opportunity. So, uh, and, Cam- and the captain is a big supporter of the uh, NRA and I will defend the Second Amendment all day, every day. So I meant to say that earlier, forgive me. So let's go back to uh, what I was saying about ESPN. But anyway, I signed up just for one month so I could watch some football. Just got one month to go before the conference titles, uh, championship games, things like that, leading into the playoff. But so I just want to watch some football. So that's, I mean, I, I like watching the small schools. Like I was just watching uh, Cornell and Princeton earlier. I mean, it's just it's cool to watch those small schools. I never get to see them when you're like when you're in high school and college. You don't think about those games because there was the only way you could watch them is if you were in that their regional area for programming. And now with ESPN Plus, you get them all. I mean, it's really cool. So I like watching these small schools like Stetson and Drake or Tennessee Tech and Robert Morris. You know, <laughs> it's like nobody cares, but still, it's it's football. So. Until I can want to watch the big game, I'm going to watch these small schools play. Because, you know, these guys are busting their ass just to, to make it on ESPN3. ESPN Plus, I mean, come on. So, anyway, but that's that's the that's the greatness of college football. And just being able to watch all these small schools play. Because it's, it's, they're, they're all out for the same thing. They want to win a championship somewhere, somehow, no matter what level. So, pretty cool stuff. But when it's going back to the ESPN Plus, I watched the uh, documentary, the E60 or whatever. It's called The Perfect Machine. And it was about the 1972 Miami Dolphins when they went undefeated. And it was a great story about um, how when the Miami Dolphins, and of course the captain's a big fan of the Dolphins, 1966 is when they started. Um, Their first head coach was George Wilson and a very laid back guy. And from what I've read over the years, and uh, not really hard nosed like Shula. Shula turned him around. They had so much talent, just the wrong guy in charge. Which that's you know he wasn't a bad guy, a, a terrible coach. They just you know it was when you're they just couldn't click at the time. So Don Shula comes in in 1970 and just turns things around. They made it to the playoffs their first year, 10 and 4 record. 1971, they make it to Super Bowl VI, and it was in New Orleans. They lost to the Cowboys. They said they were just very lackadaisical throughout the week, and they just weren't ready, and it showed. And the Cowboys beat them 24-3. But then the next year, you know, that's uh, Coach Shula. They said in the after after that game, after after that Super Bowl, they said, you know, I want you to tattoo this memory in your brain right now because you're going to remember it. And sure enough, they um, it carried over. And it, he, he delivered on his promise, and they made it back to Super Bowl seven. They beat the Redskins 14-7 and finished the perfect 17-0. and But here's a little funny situation that I just found out about when I watched the documentary. You know, I knew that that whole – they were up 14 nothing. Well, they had Gerald Yaprimian uh, that 
was going to kick that field goal when he threw the pass and it when he threw it behind him. The Redskins returned it for a touchdown. Well, obviously, they're going for the field goal. It would have won. It would have if they'd have made it been seventeen nothing, and they would have finished seventeen and zero. How fitting would that have been, huh? Finish the season seventeen and zero by winning seventeen zero. <laughs> Pretty cool. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, find you know seeing that or behind the scenes thinking about because I didn't really pay attention to it when you're just saying like, oh man, they scored and you know they could have shut them out, whatever. You know, you just you don't really think about all the small details here and there. But anyway, pretty cool stuff. Great documentary. Coach Shula, so missed. I mean, like, just such a, such a great guy. And I never met him, but I wish I had. But um, just, just everything he did. I mean, just what a, what a, what a stalwart. I mean, just greatest coach ever, in my opinion. I mean, say what you want about Bill Bill, Bill Belichick. Congratulations on his 300th career win. But sorry, Don Shula's the goat. That's just my opinion. Nothing against Belichick, but Don Shula's the GOAT. Um, and uh, not, not too long ago, I did some football movies. I wanted to correct myself. I forgot to include Little Giants. So thank you, Jason Bailey, <laughs> for reminding me of that. I totally just – it just slipped my mind. The annexation of Puerto Rico. So, duh. Anyway, but great movie. Um, <laughs> what, coach, put me in. I want to play. He's like, oh, yeah, what kind of situation you got for this? How about the annexation of Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah, so classic. John Madden. Football is 80% medical, mental and 40% physical. What? <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, by the way, so um, back to uh, real real life. I got a new office chair. Um, I bought it at Office Depot. It's a Serta. It's really nice. Um, and I've got, I got armrests now. So I can... Uh, plot world domination hold my hands up like this and just think i'm just kidding no <laughs> but um yeah it's great it's roomy and it's just it's, it's a really great chair so thank you office depot and um anyway um <laughs> when i bought it this girl helped me out and she was wheeling it out on the dolly and I was just open the back door. It's like, Oh, I got, here. Oh, I'll, I'll be glad to get it. You know, she's, Oh, that's okay. And she just throws it up. I was like, Jesus. And I was like, I was thinking of a Wayne's world where, uh, <laughs> where Kim Basinger picks up Garth. You're very strong. <laughs> she picks him up, takes him into the bedroom. <laughs> she picked that thing up. Like it was nothing. And she didn't look like a strong, I mean, like you didn't think about it. It was just like, just an average woman. And I'm just like, damn, like that was, that's impressive. So, <laughs> how much you deadlift? <laughs> but um, anyway, it was uh, just funny, whatever. But um, it's the little things in life, people. So anyway, but um, so yeah, that got, got me a new office chair, just chilling and uh, enjoying this day, this Saturday here at the Cabana, just having a good time. So, I wanted to um, a couple of current events, I guess. That um, I had a speed dating event last night. And it was terrible. Um, I mean, not like a, no, nothing bad happened. It was just like it wasn't what I expected. Luckily, it was free. So that, that was, they had this, it's called the Fun Singles, where they do this, uh, they can do in-person speed dating or uh, virtual speed dating, which uh, I don't care about the virtual stuff. I'd rather be in person. But um, so I was thinking it was just going to be here in the Memphis, metro Memphis area, but it turns out it's, it's women from all over the country. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. 
So, um, I mean, yeah, you're hot, but I'm not driving to Washington State. So, I don't know how that even, like, to me, it seemed like kind of a scam. Like, I, mean, how, I was like, wait a minute, who, who the heck is this? And, like, so they'll call you on this. You have to have a webcam and everything. So they'll call you up virtually, and you just, and you can accept it or deny it, just like on your iPhone or whatever. But it was weird, and I was just like, you know what? I'm getting off of this because this is not what I thought. There's nobody local. It just seemed like kind of a scam. And, uh, you know, don't. When you're in a situation like that, sometimes they just want a credit card, they can make some money, and they say it says join now, and boom, there it is. There's a you can you can select a plan or whatever. I was like, nah, this is not what I thought. I thought it was going to be like some locals in a chat room, and it wasn't. So be cautious this, of these um, online dating things, people, because sometimes it's not what it's cracked up to be. So I did go to a speed dating event once in Fort Lauderdale. It was awesome. And uh, when, this is 2018 when things were normal and uh, the country was thriving, obviously. And it was at a uh, this off-the-beaten-path bar in Fort Lauderdale, like a dive bar. It was awesome. I got like five girls' phone numbers that day. And then I even got the girls' phone number that started that, that was leading the event. So it was, it was really fun. And you do, you take like, you know, it was five, five to seven minutes with per person. And uh, you just move on from there. It was really cool. So um, I, I wish they did more of that around here, but um, it's Memphis. So, you know, might get shot if you're doing it. But um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so that was not much there. You know, just kind of disappointed in that whole speed dating event. So uh, just heads up, you know, be cautious of that stuff. But, but I wanted to talk about, uh, I recently heard this week that Dana White with UFC has They've had a partnership with Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. You know what? After reading more about it, I think it's a great idea. I think it's, I think it's good because eventually they're going to have to move past this whole uh, Dylan Mulvaney bullshit. Um, so what's, what's happening is Dana White, one of the tough guys in the world, I respect. And I, I respect all of those UFC guys. I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I know, man, they're fighting. Yeah, that's, I mean, I know that. But I'm just saying, I don't know enough about the sport to really, to follow it enough. But it's not really my, my thing, you know. Um, th- but they, those guys are, are tough as nails, badass guys. And they, they beat my ass, I know that. But I'm just saying, like, that's, that's a whole different level of, of sports and entertainment. And Dana White is a big proponent for that, and that's you know they're they're thriving. UFC is a, they got a strong following. So my thing is what Dana White mentioned is that they're trying. He's thinking of the the workers within the company. He's thinking of the little guy that may be on the low on the totem pole, or the or the guy that's been there thirty years that's still working in the brewery or doing some type of. Um, part of the Beachwood aging process or whatever they do at Anheuser-Busch, you know, and I've been to their facility twice with the tour. It's, it's amazing. But I think the partnership is putting Bud Light back into a different perspective. It's like, you know what? This is for the tough guy. We made a mistake, but let's fix it. And think about it. It was one person in that company that made the mistake, that marketing lady. And I think she's gone now. Don't know, but, you know, she's the one that did all this. And, you know, again, it's probably some crazy liberal that, you know, this, this is where it all happened. And that's, that's, that's their mistake, you know. And you know what? She should have been fired, just my opinion. But, you know, because if, if 
who, who knows if not everybody in the company even knew about it. That's just, that's not good communication. So I think uh, if they're trying to correct it, I think this is a good start. And eventually people are going to forget, but, you know, it takes time. Time heals all wounds. But it affected millions, probably billions, who knows. But, I mean, it's, it, was, it was a big deal. So, but I think uh, bringing it back into the spotlight with uh, Bud Light and UFC, I think it's a step in the right direction because Dana White is thinking of the worker. He's thinking of the American worker that's in that building that's doing what they can every day just put food on the table. So that's, that's respectable. That's commendable. So um, I, I, kudos to you, Dana White. I think it's a, I think it's a smart business move. And I think it'll it'll pan out, but you know, it, just because they have Bud Light doesn't mean you have to drink it still. You know, that's uh, but as far as business um, from a business mindset, I, th- I think it's a smart move. So I hope it works out. And um, I like Dana White. Um, I think uh, I, I still get he and Joe Rogan confused sometimes. But after you just gotta like, no, 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 that's not him. So it's like, but um, I, I like Dana White. Yeah. So um, and he he was one of those too that he put those reporters in their place that one time where. They were, he was answering questions at a press conference, at like a post-fight or something, and one of the stupid reporters was asking why people aren't wearing a mask, and I'm just like, dude, if you want to wear a mask, don't wear a fucking mask, you know, just get out of my face, this isn't even, like, why well, do you have to bring that shit up, you know, I hate that, like, oh, oh it's a fight, you know, let's, um, let's put it, we gotta put a mask on, I don't wanna, you know, just so stupid, I'm sick of that crap. And I saw a lady the other day in Kroger, and she had one on, and she was saying hello to somebody, I couldn't even hear her say hello, I mean, it was like, uh, nobody can hear you, you know, nobody can understand you, so, jeez, sick of it, it's almost four years, this bullshit, it's done, it's over with, anyway, um, but, yeah, so I think, I think it's a smart move, and, um, I hope, it hope it pans out, so, uh, uh, keep up the good work, Dana White, the captain supports you, uh, speaking of that, as far as celebrities and things like that, idolizing celebrities, um, this is something that uh, I wanted to talk about the last time I didn't get around to it, but like the whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing, I think it's total nonsense. I think it's fake as hell, by the way. I just, there's something about it. I don't know why I think it's a distraction. I think it takes away from the actual players in the field. I was at, I was at Huey's the other day for lunch and there's these two guys at the bar. Um, and I, you know, Fridays I wear my dolphins polo cause it's game day weekend. And, um, the other guy was next to me and said, oh, man, it's your team. He's like, yeah, so who's your so – I'm a Broncos fan, so that's cool. The other guy next to him was a Jets fan. But they were cool. We're just talking football. Everybody's got their team. And that Jets fan was pissed because how Taylor Swift was getting all the press during that game. And I was like, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I think it's you're right because it's not fair. You know what? She's got her own deal. She's got her own following. I don't know any of her songs. I don't care. But, you know, that's why I did my – Last week I did that beachfront blitz where I said the, the 2023 nobody cares about Taylor Swift um, because there were normal people just want to watch football global tour. It's true we don't care about her. Get her out of there. I mean it's just I don't I don't care for it. I mean just she's got her own deal. Stay out of football. I think the whole thing is fake. I don't think they're dating. I think it's all just some type of partnership. And you know why waste the time? Why go through all that sh- that the charade? And I, I think it's a charade. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you know, prove me wrong, you know, but I'm not not here to argue it or anything and, you know, say you're wrong, I'm right. But I just think it's a charade. It's just stupid. It's, it's just pointless marketing, advertising, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, hey, if they want to have fun, 
And if they want to party up there in Kansas City, in Kansas City of all places, really, you know, hey, go for it. You know, why why couldn't it um why couldn't it have been Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, like, why Travis Kelsey? Garoppolo is a much better looking dude, my opinion. But I mean, Garoppolo's all <laughs> but he always gets hurt. I get it. But Garoppolo's like a freaking model. That that dude's like the bachelor playing in the NFL. That's like the bachelor of the TV show. I'm just saying, why Travis Kelsey? Go after Jimmy Garoppolo. Dude's a stud. I mean, if I were a girl, I'd date him, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why Travis Kelsey, you know? And, you know, I, I just I just think it's weird. I, I'm, I'm sick of it. And I, I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't last all season. But if they win the Super Bowl again, I, I just I think it's all fixed. I'm starting to get to this point. I know I'm jumping around here. I was talking about idolizing celebrities. Let me get back to that. But the the whole, I know I'm jumping around, but the fixed thing about the Chiefs, I think the NFL wants the Chiefs to win again. Um, and this goes back to a dynasty period because, you know, the Cowboys won it in the 90s. They haven't been back since. You had the Patriots with Brady and Belichick, and they're, they're done. They're, they're not coming back for a while. Uh, now it's the Chiefs, so I think they want to keep the Chiefs in it because nobody has been able to challenge them except for Buffalo. But I think they just want to keep the Chiefs in there because of now you got this Taylor Swift thing, and it just makes marketing sense, and girls are going to flock to watch football. Even if they don't know what the hell they're watching, they just want to see Taylor Swift. I mean, am I right? I'm just saying that's how that's how it feels. So... I'm a, Dolph- I'm a Dolphins fan, and the Dolphins are playing the Chiefs next weekend in Frankfurt, Germany. If Taylor Swift shows up in Germany, I'm like, you know what? I, th- I think I'm done. And I was thinking about that, and not just that, but it was those things that came up last week. You know, they Dolphins played uh, the Eagles in Philadelphia. I've been a fan for 31 years, and I, I, I reason I became a Dolphins fan because uh, Dan Marino and the colors, you know, South Florida, just – the ocean, the beach, you know, like, how can you go wrong? And I don't know, just Marino was just always like Marino. And I just thought he was a cool quarterback, the way, the way he handled himself. And plus, they had that big rivalry with Buffalo, and I just didn't like the Bills. So I had to pick one. I was like, well, I'm going to go with a team that I think is pretty cool. And I, I did like the L.A. Raiders, too, because I like Bo Jackson. But I didn't really have a favorite. So I, I decided to go with Miami. And I was like, <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> – uh, Cameron uh, has been graduated to um, seventh grade. So who's your team, Cameron? So <laughs> now that you've grown up a little bit, I'm just kidding. But I did. I like the Raiders. I like Bo Jackson. I like the always like the silver and black. I mean the colors. But I'm a closet fan for like the Bengals, the Browns. Um, I miss the Houston Oilers. I miss those old Derek helmets. I miss the old Seahawks helmets. Um, the Bengals helmets I've always liked because the tiger stripes. And then the Browns, I mean, they're just the Browns. You know, I mean, I've always rooted for the Browns because they've just been in the, they've been shitty for so long, and it's like you want them to win. And I'm, I'm still going to root for them. They're doing okay. So I hang in there, Cleveland. But, yeah, the Browns are probably my second favorite team just because I've been there, and I know a lot of have, have some friends that are Browns fans, and they're good fans. They're good people. Um, anyway, but idolizing celebrities, um, I don't – I'm. I don't think it's a good thing because it takes away from reality. And, 
you know, this, um, like I said, this whole Taylor Swift thing, I think it's just, I think it's fake. And here we are idolizing this woman who has been linked to songs that are satanic. And that's what everybody's saying, you know, that's what I've heard, I've read online. And I, I can't, I don't know, I don't know the names of the songs where she does that, but, you know, it's just, we're, we're idolizing these celebrities and I just don't think it's, I don't think it's right. You know, we can, you can follow them and on Instagram, social media, whatever, Twitter and like, oh man, that's cool, you know, but, uh, but I think, I, I think in the long run as an average consumer human being like myself, I'm glad I'm not a celebrity and I'm just, you know, cause when it's, when it's, when it's your calling and you know, the, um, time to meet your maker you can't take your money with you you can't take your fame with you you just it's time to go and that's that's stuff that sticks in my head i was like i'm just i don't know these celebrities they just um i i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here i don't think i don't think i think idolizing them is wrong so i'm just I'm throwing it out there but that i just hope this whole taylor swift thing ends soon because i'm tired of it but when i was going back to the dolphins thing about taylor swift and the chiefs next week in germany after watching them play the Eagles, I've kind of gotten to the point as I've gotten older, 31 years as a fan, I'm slowly, like, easing my way out of being a fan. And it's not just the Dolphins. I always love the Dolphins. It's the NFL. It's the way the game has changed. It's not the same. It's not about the fans. It's about parity and money, obviously. It's a business. I'm not I'm not against that. I'm not saying that. Obviously, it's a business. But – you know, just just the way the league has changed, you can't hit anybody anymore. You can't even tackle normally. You're going to be in a penalty. It's just how how do the Eagles have no penalties last weekend? That doesn't make sense. But I'm just saying the game has changed, and I think it's not in a good way. So I think I'm on my way out. I'm just going to throw that out there, and I just it's just not the same. I, I've I've kind of lost that that feeling of waking up on a Sunday and like oh man it's game day it's it's kind of it's kind of losing its luster so I'm just throwing that out there it's official you can stamp it time stamp October 28th 2023 Captain Cambino admits that his dolphin days are numbered so it's just the truth you know we got to move on there's other things I want to do and so it's coming but if Taylor Swift and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl (laughs) it is Taylor Swift and the Chiefs I'm done so I just uh, I don't I don't want to do it anymore. And then, plus, the NFL has changed and it, it, with her presence it's taken away from the players that are actually out there busting their ass. And it's just not right. So anyway, enough about that BS. Uh, that's you heard heard what I had to say. Um, and speaking of NFL, I watched a good documentary about Junior Seau. And um, with the uh, it was on ESPN, uh, ESPN 60. That guy was a beast. That guy took hits that nobody would take today, and it's sad what happened to him. And I just, you know, watching that documentary, just, you know, felt bad for him. And he was such a legend and uh, just a great player, a great guy. But I didn't know all the stuff he was, I mean, the, the troubles of Vegas and gambling. I didn't know anything about that. And just, he was just, he was just reaching out for help. It was, it's really sad. So if you get a chance to watch it, you know, it's a sad, sad ending to such a great career and a life of Junior Seau. So he was a one-time Miami Dolphin as well. Zach Thomas loved him. You know, they, they were such a great tandem, even though it was one season in Miami. But um, 
it's just a sad, sad state of affairs how it ended. But um, rest in peace, Junior Seau. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's a, uh, it's a tearjerker, no doubt. So, but you know when he was he was reaching out for help, that gets me to think about something else. Um, we got to be nice to people, be kind, and um, you don't know what people are going through. And we never will. So it's just, just a respect thing. You know, it's like, just be yourself, be kind, be nice. And um, there's times you can be an asshole. There's no doubt about that. But you got to, you know, stand up for yourself. But if you just, just be yourself and be nice to people, do good things. Like hold the door open for an old lady going into a grocery store or something. Or um, uh, let people pull out in front of you when you're leaving a parking lot or a turning right or something or let my, you know letting traffic go ahead of you whatever so just little things but just but be kind be nice i'm not saying like um uh be kind to those that don't deserve it but i'm just saying like sometimes people you know there's gonna be some rude people out there but if you be yourself that's all you can do and just but be nice because you don't know what people are going through and hopefully they'll come around and realize that oh i mean i didn't, I didn't mean to do that i'm sorry you know you were just trying to help you know so, um, just wanted to mention something like that. Cause after watching that, you know, we don't know what people are going through. I remember I kind of, I didn't really snap, but I just kind of, I, I kind of, the other day I was at work and I was trying to help somebody and sure enough, this one guy butted in and I just kind of was like, Oh, cool, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks. I got it. And I, I was just like, you know, I, I wasn't trying to shut him up or anything. I was like, okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. I got it. And he's like, well, you're welcome. And he, like, he just snapped at me. I was like, all right, well, man, it's cool. You know, I appreciate it, but I can handle it. And, you know, there's that's the thing. Sometimes people try to butt in and help. And I, would, I mean, sometimes it's probably wrong on my part. I ended up seeing the guy later, and I apologized and, you know, like want to make sure it was clear. And he was cool. So it was just one of those things. Sometimes we, we get ahead of ourselves, and we're focused, and we want to handle it ourselves. And if we need help, we get help. But, you know, it's just – it was just one of those things, you know, we're not perfect. So just, just be nice to people, be kind and, um, it'll, it'll all work out. Uh, speaking of that, you know, like computers and stuff, you know, is it computer mice or computer mouses? I had a, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I know this is random right here, but you know, like mice, the, the critters, the, the rodent, the, the mice, there's like two or three of them. It's like some mice. If it's one, it's a mouse. Well, it's like a computer mouse. Is it, if you have multiple, is it mice or is it mouses? Turns out it's, it's, it doesn't matter. So there's no correct way to say mouses or mice when you're dealing with a computer mouse. So I'm just letting you know out there, it doesn't matter. You can call it a computer mouses. So don't ever forget that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was just so weird. Like the stuff you think about, it's like, is it computer mice or mouses? Hmm. So is it... <laughs> just dumb stuff anyway again i'm tired um let's see um back to football you know there's uh college football watching some good college football today another weekend you know i always thought about i remember uh when college football had the uh the bcs the bowl championship series i remember talking to people in the past about how uh let's say a school like vanderbilt okay so the sec is freaking loaded we know that but you got schools like vanderbilt and kentucky to me, they're never going to make it. And I hate to say it that way, but, you know, they'll make it in maybe baseball, basketball, obviously things like that. But football, it's just not going to happen. 
And my thing is, it's like, okay, so you got Vanderbilt, somebody in Kentucky. They've never, either of them have never been to the SEC championship game. And it probably will never happen. Um, and my thing is, it's like, what's the, what if Vanderbilt went undefeated in a BCS era? I remember having a conversation with somebody about this. This was in college. I said, okay, what if Vanderbilt went 13-0, and had a 12-0 and regular season, won the SEC championship, and had a 13-0 regular season? Should they be in the national championship? And people were saying, like, no. I was like, why? They, they won the whole SEC. They said, yeah, but it's Vanderbilt. It's like, so? So, I mean, Alabama is in the SEC. They can go, but Vanderbilt can't? So it, it was a good discussion. I was, they just, they all said no. I was like, but, but they're undefeated. That doesn't make any sense. So, but now you've got that opportunity with the playoff. So should James Madison be in the playoff? What if they're undefeated at the end of the year? They're ranked 25th and they're undefeated. So it brings up another discussion. Um, these schools that are undefeated, but they gave that chance to um, whoever it was a few years ago that, um, Cincinnati, I think that maybe Cincinnati got in the playoff, I think, and I'm not, I may be wrong on that, but yeah, they, I think they were undefeated, but they got s- smoked by, I think, I don't know if it was Alabama or somebody, but I have to look back. But anyway, I always wondered like schools like Vanderbilt and Kentucky, why can't they get over that hump, you know? And Kentucky, I know played Georgia close for a little bit earlier this year, but Again, it's the schools, the exposure. I I really believe the answer is the schools that have the exposure, like Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. God bless me. Ole Miss. Um, I mean, now we got Texas and Oklahoma coming in next season, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know how how schools like Vanderbilt and Kentucky how they're going to. You know, these these athletes, man, they wanted these NIL deals. You don't see any NIL deals really with Vanderbilt and Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, I just – I feel bad for it because these schools, these coaches, they got to win now. One loss and you're done. It's like, man, you know, what's the point? But that's the competitiveness, the, um, the drive, um, the allure of college football. And as a fan, you just want football. That's all I want. That's why I love watching college and, you know, play some bets on the over-under or doing the money line, whatever. And it's just fun because you, you get involved and you're watching the game. It's like, come on, I need Boston College to score here, you know. <laughs> so, but um, I need a field goal from George from George Washington or um, uh, George Mason, whatever, which I, those are probably smaller schools. But whatever, you know, you can bet on those smaller schools, which is uh, – by the way, the captain recommends BetMGM or FanDuel or Barstool Sportsbook. So check, be sure to check those out on, available on the App Store. Anyway, but that always kind of was a good – I always thought it was a good uh, icebreaker, a good conversation starter is why schools like Vanderbilt and Kentucky can never get over the hump and how in 2012 – 2013 and 2014, Missouri, a brand-new SEC school, gets in the SEC title game two years in a row. I mean, answer – how does that happen? Missouri, fake SEC school in my opinion. But anyway, but it's like the NFL, they want to win. Owners want to win right now. They don't care what it takes and what it costs. They want to they win a title. They'll buy a championship team, whatever they have to do. They want that title. That's all that matters. It's just no more dynasties like it used to be. I'm telling you that right now. So, it's, I mean, Kansas City is the closest thing we got right now since Tom Brady has retired. So, anyway, it's Halloween. It's, um, it's a Halloween uh, weekend. 
I'm sure everybody's got parties to go to and dressing up. And uh, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I remember dressing up as this character named uh, Mr. Dark, played by the actor Jonathan Price. It's a, it was a Disney movie, very rare film that uh, not a, not rare film, but like underrated film a lot of people don't know about. It was Jason Robards was in it, but it came on Disney. Uh, back when Disney was cool, it's called Something Wicked This Way Comes. It was a Ray Bradbury, based on a Ray Bradbury novel. Uh, very creepy film, but Mr. Dark. You know, he had a top hat, and a cane. It was pretty cool. So I remember dressing up as him one year, and um, I was just weird that way, you know. Um, then I remember dressing up as Batman from Michael Keaton, 1989, one year. Um and then in college, I remember dressing up one year as uh, the chef from the Muppets. That was fun. I mean, I just borrowed an apron and a, and a hat, a bow tie, and grabbed some pots and pans. And the mask I had, it was a, it was a, <laughs> the hat had the mask included, so it just covered up your nose and your mouth, and it had the mustache. It was pretty cool. You just walk around. <laughs> Great stuff. The chef from the Muppets. And then one year I dressed up as, um, uh, let's see, uh, Ray Finkel. Had the mustache and a Ray Finkel jersey. And uh, that, that was fun. And uh, then the next year I remember going as a Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. I still have the helmet. Um, it's in storage. But uh, that was a pretty pricey item. <laughs> but I still have it. And uh, that, was, that was fun, dressing up as Dark Helmet from the movie Spaceballs. And then one time I was uh, Al from Home Improvement. I uh, had on a flannel shirt and jeans and had a tool belt. It was pretty cool. I just walked around, had the beard. It was, you know, perfect setup. So I um, haven't done Halloween in a while, but as far, but I mean, uh, I know it's, I think it's cool to dress up. I saw one last night on Barstool, or maybe it was Old Row. This guy was dressed up as a construction worker or a road, uh, like a road uh, roadside employee with the hard hat and he had to stop. You know how sometimes you have the uh, two lane roads going down on a one and you have the one guy that has a stop sign and then was time he flips it, it goes to slow. That's what this guy was doing was letting people into a party and people were coming in, he had to said stop. He checked their ID and then he turned around and said slow. <laughs> it was perfect. I think it's on Barstool or somewhere. It was really cool. So um, I like I like that. So um, genius thinking. But um, so Halloween, but again, it's the movies, you know, the horror movies. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And um, uh, thanks to uh, Jonathan Walker and um, Jason Bailey, I remember growing up, I didn't really get into it as much, but uh, the Halloween movies with Michael Myers, you know, I never did watch those as a kid. And my mom really didn't, didn't allow that because it was, you know, just scary and she just didn't like it. But um, slasher movies to me doesn't really scare me that much. But Michael Myers, you just couldn't kill the guy. But the music, John Carpenter, just the, the screenplay, everything about those films were phenomenal. And it was just a, the shape. That's what is the, it was called, the shape, Michael. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. And, um, you know, just good entertainment for a horror movie. But um, I never got into the sequels, you know. Um, but the originals I thought were always good. Uh, um Donald Pleasance, the actor that played uh, from uh, You Only Live Twice, plays Dr. Loomis, who um, is trying to find Michael to prevent more, more bloodshed. Really great actor. And uh, so, yeah, we, uh, 
Where are you going now? Haddonfield. It's a four-hour drive from here. You can reach me through the local police. If you don't find him in four hours, I'm sure I will. <laughs> he knew exactly where he was going. So Halloween 1 and 2 were like a continuation, like a split, like part 1, part 2. Halloween 3 was stupid. Walker, I don't care what you say, man. That was a dumb movie. But that's, but again, it's part of the series, whatever. It was just stupid. But 4 was really good. Halloween, I really liked Halloween 4. And uh, they brought it back to the original, the music. You know, just just good, great, creepy music, you know. Um, then they had a few sequels after that. That's where Paul Rudd got one of his starts in one of the Halloween movies. Uh, I think 1995, the Halloween, uh, Halloween 6 maybe. Uh, anyway. But I never got into the later ones, like the, the remakes. I, I'd, I'd like to see them just to how they finalize it. But um, anyway, Halloween movies, like movies like Scream or Saw, I don't, that stuff doesn't scare me. It's just freaky, but it doesn't scare me. But I'm going to get to the one that does, and uh, it's called Poltergeist. So, yeah, uh, this movie came out in 1982, so I was only three years old, and I don't remember the first time I saw it. But I know it scared the shit out of me. And I'm 44 years old and it still scares, scares the shit out of me. So it's about a family. Uh, first of all, it's a Steven Spielberg film. Even though they say he did not direct it, but he did. There was a conflict on the set with this guy named Toby Hooper, who was part of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. and uh, But they put his name as the credit as the director. But technically, Steven Spielberg did that movie. But the reason he didn't put his name on it is the rumors because of uh, at the same time he was filming E.T. So, and actually they were filmed like not too far from each other. Both came out about the same time. But Steven Spielberg was involved in two films at the same time. So I think that's why they couldn't really give him director status for Poltergeist. But that movie, it's it's almost like Superman is my favorite character. Poltergeist is my favorite hated horror movie. Like, but I've gotten to watch them over the years and I've gotten used to it. And it's like your fear starts to go away. But it, it's really weird. I, I know it's it's a freaking movie, Cameron. You know, my dad even calls me out. It's like, it's a movie. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> but it's just it's just freaky. That stuff gets in your head. Think about it. All right. So it's this, it's this family in California. And the house already is just scary as shit. You can already tell. And it's like it's got an eyes and a mouth, you know. And uh, so the the housing area was built on ancient tribal burial ground. So, and later on in the film, you find out that the real estate guy ended up building, uh, excuse me, building the um, the, the homes on the burial ground, but they never moved the bodies. All they did was move the headstones, which is sacrilegious. And it was just, who does that? And how do you not, how do you not tell people that? That's just weird. That's just freaky. So it all comes to fruition at the end of the film and everything. But if you haven't seen it, it's, it's really good. There is a remake that came out in 2015. It sucked. It wasn't the same. First of all, it's a, the first movie was a big house. It's a huge house, and that's the setting. It should how it should be. The second the remake was a small house. It's like it doesn't work. Got to have a big freaking house. So there's these events that are taking place in the house 
where the little girl, Carol Ann, played by the actress uh, Heather O'Rourke, who passed away in 1988, um, which was misdiagnosed. She could still be alive. And this is a long story. You have to read it. It's pretty sad. you got to read into that. But um, so she was born in the house. So with these um, spirits that are still living there from the tribal burial ground, she was their life force. And so they gave these people are basically in limbo on the plane from Earth to the next uh, plane of existence, which is heaven or hell. Um, but they they were in limbo. They didn't want to leave. Or I don't. I mean, I don't know. How, it's just a movie. I get it. But it's just freaky, you know. So they're they're still there, lingering. These spirits. They just then they're jealous, and then they start getting angry, and they and they take her away, and. That's where it gets like it goes. It just gets freaky. Uh, inner space and out, you know, like, like what's around us. We don't know. I mean, ghosts. They who knows. I'm not starting to stir up, stir up a conspiracy about ghosts. I'm just saying that you know you don't know. It's just freaky. So, <laughs> but to this day, just the music, the 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 everything about it, just so ominous and the that one scene where that's that that ghost or spirits coming down the stairs sorry you can see like a head at the top of it it's just freaky but it's tolerable so i mean i i can watch it and i can handle it but it's still scary and i you know i'm probably gonna leave the light on at night <laughs> and i close the closet door but but the second one poltergeist 2 the other side came out in 1986 i can't believe i'm talking about this but um anyway thank god the fake beach is right here um the second one goes more into the backstory on how it happened and how the people got there that died. So that, that this starts to fill in the blanks. So it's kind of like star Wars, you know, filling in the blanks and uh, filling in the gaps, whatever you want to call it to complete the storyline. So this does complete the storyline and the actor that stole the show really is um, this guy named the actor, Julian Beck that played the preacher Kane. Um, he has a weird character. I read up about him, about his history. The dude was, a, he dude, this dude did LSD like most of his life. So he, he had stomach cancer when they were filming the movie. And so in the film, he's 55 years old or 56 years old. And he looks 86, but he had stomach cancer because of all the drugs he did. And he was, that why he looks so terrible because of the, the you know, the, his condition. He died during the filming of the movie. So they, they keep saying there's this poltergeist curse. And uh, the original film, um, there was uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, niece was in it. Uh, oh, I've already forgotten her name. Dana, she's the oldest daughter. She got beaten to death, was murdered after the movie came out. And um, and it's just, it's just sad. So there's a lot of uh, tragedies that have happened during the filming and after. And it's just... They call it the poltergeist curse, kind of like Superman curse with Christopher Reeve, Richard Pryor, uh, Margot Kidder, things like that. It's just just sad. But anyway, um, so he comes back. He's this preacher, man. It's scary. It's just scary as shit. And it's just freaky. And you can it, it's more suspenseful. And it, it's a it's a it's a scary ass sequel. So, I mean, it's just it's almost as scary as the first one. So if you get it, there's a third one. The third one was terrible, just being honest. So don't worry about that. But if you want a good horror movie for the weekend, 
back-to-back, Poltergeist, 1982, and Poltergeist 2, the other side, 1986. So um, I can't believe I just talked about that and got it out of my system, but <laughs> two of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. Until I saw The Ring in 2002. <laughs> I remember going to the theater. I remember work, I was manager at Video Midtown in Oxford, and I was working late one evening, and I remember Jonathan Walker texting me. He's like, hey, we're going to go see The Ring tonight. Uh, me and Taylor and Mayo was like, come on. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I said, I was like, I'm busy, but I'll try. Said, oh, come on, it'll be fun. I was like, okay. Man, I wish I hadn't gone because that shit, when their their faces were all like blown up or whatever, and just they were scared to death because that little girl. And I remember Brad and Rush Mayo and probably Jason Bailey and some other guys would call me and hang up the phone and say, seven days. <laughs> they would. I was like, here I am. I'm like, guys, stop this shit. They would, they would knock on the window, Mayo would, and be like, seven days. <laughs> oh, man. I think Richard Cross, they all called and just kind of played played a trick on me. They, they would call and hang up immediately. I was like, guys, you know, need to stop this shit. So <laughs> but, yeah, that was a freaky movie with the girl coming out of the well, and you can't see her face, and she got that, ugh. Man, that's scary. that was scary. So, yeah, The Ring, I haven't seen it since either, so. Um, but anyway, so, uh, another good one is Amityville. You want a good horror movie, Amityville, uh, at least the first three of them, they're, they're, they're really scary. The first one with James Brolin, Margot Kidder, uh, there's a couple sequels after that that are really scary. So if you want a good, good one is Amityville about that house. Uh, and they did a remake with Ryan Reynolds right before he became really famous. Um, so yeah, those are some good ones. And uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is actually quite a good horror movie. I mean, I, I wouldn't really consider it a horror. I mean, it's Dracula. It's a love story. He's just trying to find love. And but my mom, like, it scares her. Bram Stoker's Dracula scares my mom, but it doesn't bother me. But yet, Poltergeist scares the heck out of me, but it doesn't scare them. Like, how, how does that work? Like, Poltergeist is way scarier than Bram Stoker's Dracula. But um, that's a good one. I, I, I like it. It's got a good soundtrack. And uh, Gary Oldman, I think that's like one of his first big films. The guy who played Commissioner Gordon in the, the Dark Knight trilogy. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's some horror movies for you, folks. Um, you want some good ones? That's what I'd recommend. Um, I'm sure there's some other ones. Like, Of course, you got the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in Friday the 13th. But I just never really got into those. I'm not a big slasher fan. Don't really care. I'd rather, I prefer Halloween over those movies. But, um, but yeah, I would say the greatest horror movie of all time would be Poltergeist. Just my opinion. Great soundtrack. Uh, just great filming. Steven Spielberg. Uh, just phenomenal. That was 80s, 1980s Steven Spielberg. Doesn't get any better. So, anyway, so if you're looking for a good one, that's what I recommend. But, yeah, this is... Um, it's sort of wind it down here. Um, it's Saturday, October 28th. We're having a, having a good week. Hope everybody's having a good weekend. Uh, like I said, just, just been a little tired, been working my ass off. So just trying to fight through it, but, um, just going to hope just to enjoy the weekend, have a good time. Hope everybody has a great one and, you know, just, uh, make it happen. So still got some, um, Still got some works in, coming up with the with the podcast. Got some changes coming. Like I said, hopefully November first, 
Um, by then or a little after, I gotta figure some things out. I still gotta tweak a few little designs here and there. So maybe a new logo, you don't, we don't know yet, we'll see. But uh, the powers that be, we'll find out. So, um, but yeah, kicked it off little Ghostbusters at the beginning of the podcast since it's Halloween. Gonna top it off with uh, another classic Michael Jackson thriller. And uh, I tell you what, the video, this video growing up always scared me. When he turned into the wolf, that werewolf scene, and he would chase that his girlfriend down, oh, man, I freaked out because I was like, I'm going to turn a corner, and there's going to be Michael Jackson as a werewolf. Scared the shit out of me. And then when he became the zombies, and they're dancing. That was cool as shit. The, it looked like the guy had no head, no neck. <laughs> And, of course, I think of Revenge of the Nerds when they're partying at the, with the moose. Damn, you moose sure can't party. <laughs> that uh, U.N. Jefferson and his, other, his, uh, his, his sidekick got that big joint. Man, this is some good shit. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this edition of the podcast, Captain Cambino's Cabana. It's been a fun, chill day. Starting to get relaxed and ready to roll. Kick off the day, the morning, whatever you want to call it. Let's do it. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Happy Halloween. Enjoy it. Be safe. If you drink, have a high noon. And just be safe. Be, be smart. Drink responsibly. Drive safely. The cops going to be everywhere. So enjoy yourself. Have some fun. You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. It is available on Apple and Spotify. So be sure to check that out. And um, Instagram at Captain Cambino. And just search uh, Captain Cambino's Cabana on Apple and Spotify. Forgive me for running overboard here. So uh, just uh, running over time. Just having a good, having a good day. Hope everybody enjoys the weekend. Be safe. Happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Permission to come aboard.